0: This is Talking Villanova Basketball with Jay Wright, presented by Hartford Funds. This is your chance to get the inside scoop on Villanova Basketball. Talking Villanova Basketball is presented by Hartford Funds. Our benchmark is the investor. And by Granite Run Buick GMC. Visit us online at graniterun.com. Now, let's talk Villanova Basketball.
1: Welcome to Talking Villanova Basketball, presented by Hartford Funds. And today we're joined from Blue Star Media, Dick Hoops-Weiss. And Coach, I'll turn it over to you to begin the conversation with Hoops. Thank
2: you, Mike. And um, it's great to be here with Hoops. There's no one I enjoy talking uh, basketball with, college and pro, more than Dick Weiss. And throughout um, our coaching career, um, Dick Weiss has been helpful in in so many ways, Um, educating me, early in my career to what's going on in recruiting and what's going on in college basketball. Every uh, every move, you know, every move I've made in my career, uh, when when you're a coach, you you have to appear that you know what you're doing all the time, but you don't always. And you have to have somebody to check with that. I you think you know you, what you're doing. Well, I know. I, I mean, I mean about um, I, I mean about understanding the business, you know, and what's going on in the business. And there's a lot of times, I especially early in in, in our career, when I I really wasn't sure what was going on. I was would count on this guy, so I want to welcome him first. Dick Hoops Weiss, good to have you, buddy. Hey Jay, it's always good to be here. It's good to see you again. I don't we don't
3: see each other nearly as much as I. Uh, as I like, I mean, I, it, it, I, I have a, I've always had a soft spot for all of your programs, and it makes it nice to be that you're having this type of success.
2: Thank you, buddy. Well, that's because you're all over the world. We're going to talk about that, <laughs> yeah, covering yeah. everything. Um, we we first met. I guess you were at the Philadelphia Daily News, and you were at Drexel, exactly, as assistant coach, and and our buddy. Joe Cassidy. And and Eddie Burke, the late Eddie Burke. Yeah, Eddie uh, Burke was the head coach at Drexel. Joe Cassidy was the assistant coach. Then went on to be the head coach at Rowan University. Um, he was assistant under John Giannini, right. who coached at LaSalle. Um, but I always remember, and that's a great place to start, Hoops. Thanks for reminding me of that. Um, I remember it was my first year as a Division I assistant, working with Joe Cassidy, Eddie Burke's the head coach at Drexel, Michael Anderson, future pros, oh, sure. is our point guard. And uh, you and Joe Cassidy, you would be on the West Coast covering, I don't know, the Phillies or something. I don't know. you, And you and Joe Cassidy would talk every night, like 11, 12, 1 in the morning. And Joe Cassidy would come in with oh, information. He never went to sleep. He never went to sleep. <laughs> But he would come into the office the next morning, around ten. But that's about right. And I'd been there for three hours. But but he would have information because back then there was no Twitter, and you, you know, you had all the contacts, and he would come back with information about recruiting, about college basketball that you would share with him that was really valuable to us how how about those early days with the philadelphia daily news what was your your beat at that time? you know what i
3: i think the best thing i ever did when i went to the daily news is i started covering high schools and worked my way up this way you never forget where you came from and because you know you're going to see the same people going down as you see coming up and it really taught me, A, it gives you a work habit because you don't have the help that you have covering colleges or or the pros. You're, you, you have somebody out there taking stats for you on the sideline or at a basketball game, and you're doing it all yourself. But it also really helps because I got to know all the local coaches, and I got to know all the kids as they were coming up. And back then, the big fly was filled with Philadelphia kids. I mean, even Roley's first teams, if you think about it, I mean, you John Olive and Reggie Robinson, Joey Rogers, yeah. you know, I mean, they were all Philly kids. I mean, and uh, there's something to be said for that. And I knew them all because I'd watched them play in high school. It made it, 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 made it a lot easier then. And I also, the, the other thing I did, I, I used to go to all of Garp's camps.
2: Howard Garfinkel, uh, yeah. five, star. five
3: star. And after camp, we'd all go out to a place called the Fireside up in the Poconos, <laughs> and just sit around and talk. And you build a trust factor up with coaches where they know that you're not going to betray confidences, and uh, you're not going to quote them over a beer or or, or a dinner. I, that, that's always the um, that's always the way I've done business. Uh, I once we got into the uh, uh, an, an era where you use tape recorders, I used to tell coaches, "When the red light's on, it's on the record. When it's off, everything's off the record."
2: Well, oh, you're on, you're in every Hall of Fame possible. <laughs> <They're> lucky, um, <laughs> you know. I don't, Michael. Can I know Hoops won't do this? Could you just go through the Hall of Fames for us, uh, and then Hoops? When we miss a couple, I, I just because it's Pretty amazing. I want our listeners to know, well, I know all the sports writers' Hall of Fames.
1: Right, United States Basketball Writers for a long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Nate Smith that, Hall of Fame. You've yeah. received the Gowdy Award. Right, yeah. those
2: are Big, five I mean, Big Five Hall of Fame. Big Five
3: Hall of Fame. And then getting in the National Sports now, Writers' Hall of Fame last year was huge. There's only 104 people in there, starting with guys like Damon Runyon and... And and uh, and Jim Murray people, the, wow. you know people who had, were big back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Well, I, I, I should have uh, used that in our introduction,
2: uh, but we're talking to, with a gentleman that's in every hall of fame, and uh, but you know all the years I've known you, and, and when I first met you, you were on the pro beat and the college beat. So I right. didn't know that you started with the with the high school beat. I didn't know that, which gives me. Um, more of an understanding of why you've always had such a great feel for recruiting. So you were the top sp- sports writer at the Philadelphia Daily News, which was the one of the hottest uh, sports pages in the country. Maybe the only one bigger and better at that time was the New York Daily News. And as a lifetime Philadelphia guy, you had to make the decision it was hard. to go to the New York Daily News. Uh, What was that like? You know
3: what? I almost didn't go. And then a bunch of people from New York says, if you turn this job down, you'll regret it the rest of your life. And I still, look, I'll always be a Philadelphian. You never really lose that. Well, all your years working
2: for the New York Daily News, you still lived in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. yeah.
3: But their deal was, and you don't have to move as long as you can get to uh, an airplane. Because I was on the road about 170 days. And they sent me everywhere. I saw every big college game for 20 straight years. Football and basketball. Football and
2: basketball. It was, it was the best job in the country for me. Yeah. And, your, and your column in the New York Daily News at the time was that, was, that was like the Bible. I mean, when you made a comment or a decision about someone in college football or college basketball, it was kind of like, that was the word. I was and lucky, it was coming uh, out of New York yeah. and it was coming out of you.
3: I was lucky. I I mean the one thing I the one thing I did learn though about uh, sports writing when I was uh, in college I played soccer at Temple. And we were nationally ranked. And I played and I learned how hard it is how hard college kids work for success. And I also learned another thing. I learned not to use the throwaway line to just criticize a college kid because that can leave 18 19 years old that can leave scars yeah and i i i never you know just because you want to be clever and that's why sometimes with social media i get concerned because people are putting stuff on twitter they would never write in a newspaper because and everyone's a citizen journalist yeah and uh, look I admire the fact that a lot of people get their news now in 140 characters or yeah. 280 characters, whatever <laughs> that it is. But uh, I think that you still have to have an accountability. And it's your reputation.
2: Yeah. Give me your uh, – so you were the voice of, really, college football and college basketball for a long time. Give me your best event and best story from – Major college football. That was the one game you didn't attend. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the uh, 1985 National Championship game, because no one. Basketball, no one, I got I got yeah, basketball. No I one had. thought Dono would win. I mean, Georgetown was a 13-point favorite. Ewing was a senior. and But Roley knew how to play them. And the kids had played against them all up at Five Star. They were New York kids. They weren't going to back down. And they played... The perfect game. Rollie actually caught coach six perfect games. Yeah. In, during that period, I mean, I mean, he, and he got a bad draw. The first game they played, they played Dayton on the road, and they were the higher seed. Yeah, that's and right. They, and they needed a Jensen layup to win it. That's exactly. But right. he had great wins during that. During during to get out of the out of the, uh, they had to be two ACC teams to get out of the regionals: Maryland and Carolina. And uh, um, his kids. His, it was pre shot clock. It was pre uh, pre three point shot. It got down to the last four minutes and Villanova had the lead, the game was over because they never missed a critical three throw down there. And it, it was it was it was special. You grow up, you always think, well, the best thing I could possibly do is cover a national championship team. But before the Big East, I didn't know that there would ever be enough talent for a Philadelphia team to win a national championship. And here Villanova comes up. They not only win in 85, but then you win in 16 and 18. I mean, Villanova right now has established themselves as an elite program, and it's not for lack—I mean, uh, it, a lot. there was a lot of hard work that went into there a lot of player development and a lot of players overachieving and staying three and four years I mean it's funny everybody talks about one and dones I mean the last three teams that have won national championships have all been loaded with people who have been in school at least two sometimes four years I mean going over Carolina going over So just having the best players isn't always enough. I think chemistry, I think experience. And last year, you kind of changed the dynamics of the game because you put five people on the floor who could shoot the ball. From three and players who I didn't know they could shoot the ball from three, like Pasco and Spellman, at the beginning of the year are draining threes in March. It was almost an impossible situation in terms of teams guarding them. When you played Kansas, they had no idea how uh, Spellman. When you play when when you played. Uh, uh, Michigan Wagner had no idea how to guard Spellman. I mean, it was it it was a beautiful it was a beautiful thing to watch. I mean, this is one of the few times I've seen Villanova be the best team from the start to the finish. And in that last game, I mean, Dante DiVincenzo made two million dollars. Yeah, because, <laughs> because I mean, he thirty one in the national championship game is
2: fabulous. I Who mean, was the last I, guy do it? Was it Goose? Was it uh, Goose Givens? Goose Givens. That's yeah. the last one I remember uh, <coughs> doing that. Doing that for Kentucky. When they, and when they beat when they beat Duke
3: yeah. in eight in seventy eight. Uh, you give that, don't age yourself by the you,
2: way. <laughs> you give us that for basketball, but I, I want people to know that you also, as much as you were the, you were the the king of college basketball, you also did it for college football. What, what was your favorite college football? Two two
3: games for? step up. The uh, Texas-USC game with one. Vince Young yeah, where, they, where SC was so scared of giving up the ball. They went for a uh, first down and a fourth down because they knew if he got the ball last, they were not going to win. He got the ball last. They didn't win. <laughs> and then uh, the Miami-Nebraska game in 83, Nebraska had a monster team they were better than i think the uh the 1995 team that won it for them uh they they were really loaded They had a bunch of philly kids i mean rogier who won the uh heisman trophy yeah. that year uh irving fryer who played for the eagles i mean turner gill i mean and they just had a bunch of you know, three hundred pound gold Jim Lineman. <laughs> I mean, who uh, won all of the all of the Outland Trophy awards? And uh, um, they had a chance to tie to go for a tie where they would have won. Osborne went for two, and they and Miami came up with a big play at the end of the year. And no no one thought Miami had a shot at that game either. I mean, Howard Sellenberger was the was coach.
2: That ch- I was, Snell- yeah, was, was that was Howard? was that Miami's it, first?
3: That was their first, and it was right before Jimmy Johnson. And then he left to go uh, to the USFL. US, US, uh, uh, but it, that team was the first team that really did it. And then they just started getting all of these freak athletes from Dade County. And uh, they they had a nice run from... 90, 83 through ninety two, I'm gonna say. I mean, I didn't think they'd ever lose in the Big East when they first got into it. Times have changed.
2: <laughs> you got to you got to see them all, man. Now you have a you have a really um interesting perspective on college basketball because you get to see everybody. What 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 do you see this year? Um b- before we go into individual players, because I wanna I like the conversation you, know, I, you and I have had about some players, but the teams you see across the country this year, and you, you get to to see them all. Um, what, 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 do you, what do you what do you see um, coming NCAA tournament time? Oh, I think that
3: most people will look at whether Virginia can get past a first round game and get to a final four for the first time under Tony Bennett. I think you want to see if. Duke can hang another banner with four freshman starters. Uh, I'm intrigued to see uh, how good the SEC teams will do in the tournament, particularly Tennessee, which just last year was picked to finish 13th and now is number one in the country and has uh, uh, a solid uh, starting lineup that includes uh, Grant Williams, who was a legitimate All-American candidate, and Kentucky, who has now won eight in a row. Uh, I'm going to go down and actually see that game next week, the Kentucky-Tennessee game. I'm looking forward to that. Then I I have a soft spot for Michigan because I love John Bayline. I think he is as fine a person, as fine as coach as there is. They have a really good team. Michigan State, if they're healthy – can be can can be a challenger they're drifting a little bit this year, but I think Tom will have' them back in play in march, and I'll be intrigued to see how the big East does in the tournament this year um Last year, you had four guys who were first round picks this year you've had to start from scratch and Amazingly you've gotten off to a 10-0 start in the league And Marquette is playing very well too uh, Right now they have three legitimate shooters They shoot the ball extremely well from the three-throw line They have a player, Marcus Howard Who actually saw with George Ravling out At, uh, the, at, at, at the tryouts for the 16-and-under team Back when he was a kid And George sat there and says his teams always win <laughs> I mean, and it's the first time I was really introduced to him, and now he's turned around, he's getting 53, he's had 45 or more four times, and um, I'll be intrigued to see, A, the seeds that Villanova and Marquette get, and B, how they do in the tournament itself. It's it's interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I I left out Gonzaga. I apologize for that. But <laughs> I think they are so much better with Tilly and Crandall back. I mean, they have three guys: uh, Clark and and yeah. um, and um, uh, Hashimura and and Tilly, who will probably all play in the league. I mean, he's 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 got good players at every position, and now they're healthy. I actually saw him lose to Carolina. I was down in down there in, in in September, but I think they're very good.
2: A veteran, you know, you talk about teams having veteran players. I, I, I like that about the uh, Gonzaga team in that um, yes. they've got those guys up front, they've got some veterans, but also they got a veteran point guard It's a fourth-year college oh, player terrific. that doesn't – because everyone else is so good and he's such a great yeah. point guard – he doesn't blow you away, but he can if he needs to. He's making everybody else around him better. Mm-hmm. I really think one of the best point guards in the country and everybody. The kid Clark, um, you know, I talk with Mark Few often, and it's mm-hmm. interesting that the kid Clark is the highest percentage shooter in the country other than Zion Williamson, you know. And and that um, brings me to my next uh, point because you you – Brought up an interesting point in conversation. I'd like to hear more on. I, I stopped you because I wanted to have you talk about it on the podcast. But you know, everyone talks about Zion as being the, you know, the number one pick, probably will be, and the greatest player since LeBron, and all this. You you had an interesting take. Doesn't mean you, you know, know just just don't think he's a you talent. Are, but I'm just look, right your now perspective. as a
3: college player, he is dominant. He's been – he was the most dominant player I saw in high school last year. He is uh, – he's got the ability to go out and get you 30 in any given game, and he's a freight train when he goes to the basket nobody gets in his way. At the next level up, he's 6'6 six, six half, two eighty five. 285. You can make the case he's a bigger version of Charles Barkley, but he doesn't shoot as well as Charles did, and – I think that he could suffer from some defensive mismatches if he has to play the four position. It could change things. I mean, nothing's nothing's a given when you move to the next level because people are so caught up with length and position. And you have got to have a position when you go to the pros. I'm not sure that he's not not LeBron. He's not going to stand outside and make threes. And... Uh, I get. I'm, you know, at at the three, you got to guard some people who have athleticism and and wingspan. I mean, it's it's a it's a lot different than than college. I this isn't to say he's not he won't be the dominant player in March Madness. I mean, he certainly must be dominant enough. God, the New York Post the other day had. A back page where they had he and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving all in Nick uniforms. Well, they always pray for the best. <laughs> when, you're, when you're 10 and 43, <laughs> you hope for the best, uh, even though miracles rarely
2: happen with that franchise. <laughs> That's a little taste of New, uh, his his New York days. Uh, and, and Hoops, give me give me your thoughts because you've you've seen all in college basketball and these. You know, the, the the FBI investigation and where things uh, are going with TV contracts and just, again, no one knows the history and no one has the perspective from every school that gets to talk to every school and talk to uh, administrators and people in the NSA like well, you I do. think 20 years ago it was a lot more innocent. I think now it's much more of a
3: business I I go to schools and it's an arms race and everything that individual schools do. I mean, just take a look at the video boards that you see out there. I mean, it's all different now. I mean, people are uh, becoming much more ju- accustomed to using social media uh, to get their message out and using their own uh, their 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 own websites to. Uh, get the information into the hands of their readers. I mean, times have changed. Newspapers are dying. Um, I'm not sure if people aren't more interested in uh, their own brand than the brand of the university. Um, And I think there are a lot more kids who think about playing at the next level before they get through uh, the last level i think one of the things that's made villanova really good is the fact that you've had kids buy into the program for extended periods of time i mean when before like i loved you the class you brought in when you brought in sumter and fraser and, and 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 foy and ray i mean they're all that's I know, a good memory that's and, a good memory man well, i knew them all because <laughs> i i i actually covered uh, Gary Charles team when well, they won. out right. in Vegas. That's right. I remember. And I was with all those. Kids.
2: I remember having lunch with you in L.A. that summer right. at the at the place in uh, in uh, Playa Del Rey. Yeah, yeah. You and I, Hoops and I, sat and looked at a sunset and Playa Del Rey. I said, oh. I said to him. We both have wives, and look at us, idiots, out here sitting <laughs> looking at a beautiful sunset together. It was a it was a dinner after watching really Gary great. Charles a yeah. u t play. Well, I, I, said, I,
3: I, uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. that. Was a fun. That, that was a great team.
2: To, yeah, you as a wave
3: was on that team. Yeah, they were just great kids. That,
2: they they won everything. That's <clears throat> all right. Final final question for you, oops. Just, to, um, college basketball. Do, do the do the big five teams. Break away, does it stick together? Does C B S stick with the contract where they have it? What, what what's your prediction?
3: I think eventually the football schools will decide that they don't want to split the money up. I'm hoping if that happens that they, grandfa- they just grandfather the Big East in, because I think that people have to remember the Catholic schools actually made college basketball in the 50s and 60s. I mean, five different Jesuit schools have won national championships. I mean, uh, I mean, Villanova and Augustinian schools won a national championship. I mean, they played a huge part in the success of the sport. And it's a sport where you don't need 100 kids on a roster. If you can do it, if you are smart and resourceful and get five good players who know how to play together, you always have a chance. And I still think that coaching is underrated. So many people are caught up with the idea that you, uh, you're a good coach if you recruit. No, you have to actually coach these kids when you get them. And the best teams are always the teams that come together and play well uh, under a structured situation
2: from your lips to god's ears hoops uh one of the legends of college sports college football college basketball and a great friend of mine in villanova's um hello to your beautiful wife Joni, and hoops thanks for joining us
3: buddy (laughs) so nice to see you
1: you too buddy you're listening to talking villanova basketball podcast presented by hartford funds back with our eric Pascal interview after this when mother nature strikes count on your CertainTeed roof to perform. That's the commitment we've made to homeowners for more than 100 years. For roofing you can rely on, look no further than CertainTeed. To find a CertainTeed credential contractor near you, visit CertainTeed.com. This is a shout-out to the professional tailgaters, game-day grillers, and potluck pros. Whether you bake it, smoke it, stack it, or melt it, There's nothing more important than how you cook up your team's spirit while serving it with an ice-cold Coca-Cola, Coke Zero Sugar, or Coke Life. We may not all agree on the best game day foods, but when you serve your meals with a Coke, you know you've got yourself a winner. Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. ExxonMobil and Dunn-Manning, proud sponsors of Villanova Wildcat Athletics. J.J. White Incorporated is the single-source, multi-trade contractor for your next construction project. Since 1920, J.J. White Incorporated has been constructing with knowledge and providing service with integrity and safety. Visit J.J. White online at jjwhiteinc.com. Welcome back to Talking Villanova Basketball podcast presented by Hartford Funds and Coach. It's time to welcome our second guest of
2: this edition of the podcast. This is a, a, a real treat because uh we, we can just talk for fun here instead of um I'm always uh, on this guy. I got a couple more months with him and then I can be nice to him the rest of his life. But uh one of the one of the great players in, in Villanova history and enjoying one of the great senior years. Eric Pascal with us today. How are you, buddy? I'm
4: doing great. How are you doing, Coach?
2: Good, man. Got a great voice for radio. A great radio <laughs> voice. I, I think we got You've got all kinds of things you can do in the future, but let's just keep that one uh, on the list, too. You could do radio, man. You you got the voice. Um, Your dad got a voice like
4: that? Yeah. There we go. He loves talking. So <laughs> he, 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 would he would do this all
2: day. He does. You're right. Yeah. And He can philosophize. Oh my gosh! When <laughs> you know, we're at home,
4: like me and all my sisters, tell him all the time, like, "Yo, Dad, we don't want to hear your quotes. We don't, don't want to hear your philosophies and stuff. We just, you could just go."
2: Well, so that's I'm a good, good place to start because I think that, and I'm not saying this because you're here. I just, I'm, I'm actually interested in your thoughts on this. Uh, I think you're one of the most coachable players that we've ever had in terms of um, having the the toughness and the competitiveness um, to have confidence in yourself, but yet still be open to a coach's uh, teaching. W- w- that's got to come from your mom and dad.
4: Uh, yeah, it definitely does. I mean, my dad has told me I'm gonna always be separate from basketball. So whoever you play for, they're your coach. So listen to them. I mean, he puts in his like one or two cents every once in a while. Yeah. If if I'm if I'm not playing hard, I'm laughing like, uh, at the
2: once in a while because he rarely. He's amazing. It, uh, he is a very supportive parent, and I don't mean to interrupt because I want to hear more of this. But I, I laughed at you saying once in a while because it is. It's very rare.
4: Yeah, that's how he is. I mean, ever since I played AAU, AU, I mean, uh, he's never really said anything to the coach. Just, like, that's your coach. You listen to them. They know more more than me. That's what my dad says all the time. They know more than me, so why would I question it?
2: But that is so rare. I, I don't want to um, minimize this, this point that um, for a parent who knows basketball, and your dad knows basketball. I've talked basketball with him and I think he makes good decisions he's always made good decisions uh, with you Um, but I think an intelligent person knows what they know and what they don't know and he uh, knows a lot about the game but to understand that the guy you're playing for um, he might not know more basketball than him but it's his team and, and playing for that coach in that system is really what's going to benefit you the most does he talk to you about that
4: yeah he just literally tells me all the time like I'm not like ever since I was young like literally I remember eight and my coach would yell at me and other parents would say something and my dad would be quiet and my dad just would be like you have to listen to him and like even when I was young and like say if I complained he'll be like that's your coach so you have to listen to what he says and do what he has to, what he wants you to do, and like I've always just had that mentality. My dad's never stepped in and argued with the coach during a game, even if like he was upset about something, he would never argue because at the end of the day, that person makes the decisions.
2: That's that's actually brilliant, <laughs> and, and it's so rare. And, and I feel sorry for so many guys that um, I know their parents mean well, and they don't really want to they don't want to argue with the coach they think they're doing what's best but you know my own kids played sports for other coaches and and my answer to them was always it's not about whether the coach is right or wrong you know it's it's you all are on the same team so you all doing the same thing together is what's going to make you successful not whether he's right or wrong there's a lot of different ways to do things well your dad's done a great job with you, and I've enjoyed coaching you as much as anybody we've had, and I think your development is, number one, because of your talent, and number two, your ability to listen and just say, okay, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> how do I get better? What are the areas that you think you've developed throughout your college career, from from freshman year at forward them to your, your three years here at Villanova?
4: Uh, also, the main thing is conditioning. Conditioning is just wise. I feel a lot better. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't run up and down the court. <laughs> and then now I feel a lot better. And uh, also just defensively. I mean, when I was younger, I played defense, and then I just stopped. in <laughs> high school, I just stopped, and then I came here, and you guys taught me how to play defense and technique and all that and just playing a lot harder.
2: It's um, something now as a senior – you can uh, articulate, but man, it's hard to get to that point, isn't it? Yeah, it's very hard. It's very, hard <laughs> very hard to
4: change those habits. But
2: the, it, those words, yeah. you know, that you mentioned: uh, play defense, play hard, good technique. That takes a lot of time, a lot of attention to detail, a lot of effort. Right. What What advice would you give to a young high school guy coming into college? Uh, in terms of how to handle that process of committing to playing hard every possession, committing to attention to detail, committing to defense,
4: uh, play hard and learn off of that. I mean, uh, if uh, I, I wish I was taught that, like just come and play hard and then learn off of that, and you'll learn how to get better. Because if you don't do it hard, it wouldn't, you wouldn't even get the habit to do it at all exactly
2: man that, that's 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 good advice when you were when you were young uh bef- before um you you got to high school i mean did you did you think about being a college player did you have aspirations were you, was it were you a basketball junkie
4: yeah i mean uh where i lived there's like a basketball court and everybody knew me for have the kid that just walks around with a basketball and just shoots like i would shoot by myself at the court and just everybody around where I lived just knew that. In so, Dobbs Ferry? Yeah, so if you heard a ball bouncing outside, they knew it was me. Are there any other um, big-time players from Dobbs Ferry? Uh, Mark Blunt went to Dobbs Ferry High School, I think, for two years. I remember Mark Blunt. He yeah, played at Pitt. Yeah, and then went to play the NBA. in the M- NBA, like the Celtics. And he played uh, He played at Dobbs Ferry, for, I think, for two years. Is that right? Yeah.
2: Then he went to, like, Oak Hill or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Yes. Mark Blunt – so it's you and Mark Blunt from Dobbs Ferry? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you're making a pretty big name, buddy. That's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, how about when you were uh, growing up in, in high school, did you have a, a favorite team you followed or that you, you always dreamed of playing for? A college team? You didn't follow college like that.
4: Uh, I did follow. At first, actually, when I was, like, real young, I wanted to play for UConn. Really? Yeah, when I was really young, because I just I just liked the school. And, but as I got older, like, what was the guy's What was the guy's
2: name from your area? Ben they played at Mount
4: Vernon. Yeah, Up did ben you know Gordon. Did you know him from your
2: area? Was, um, was I that... went to
4: one of his basketball camps when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would do it. That yeah. would do it.
2: And did you think about pro? Did you have a favorite college team or favorite pro team when you were a kid? Never really had a
4: favorite pro team. Really? Never not a
2: been. Knicks? Not a big Knicks fan.
4: I, I was more of like just watching players and who I liked as a player.
2: You know what, I think that's interesting, too. Um, You know, my era, we all had teams. You know, you all had a favorite college team you wanted to play for. Usually your local favorite pro team. Whereas now, I think, and I think your generation is pretty strong in this sense. It's more, I like a player's game, Mm. Right, I, did, who did you emulate anyone individually?
4: Uh, I don't say I really emulate anybody. I just watch different players. Like I would watch like uh, bigger guards. Like one of my favorite players ever is like Tracy McGrady. Yeah, like, he was just like a bigger guard that could do everything. Uh, of course, I like LeBron. Uh, I just, I just like watching those type of players and seeing what they do out there, especially such a like a rare position. Like now I'll watch like even older highlights, like dudes like Penny Hardaway. who was just like a big point guard. Yeah. And just like see what he did. And then like, of course, like I just watch people in like kind of my position, kind of like Draymond Green, Paul Millsap, those type dudes.
2: But really? That's that's smart. Very, very interesting. What do you um, think about the the – his, your personal history where you're at Fordham you're the leading scorer everything's great i know you loved coach Picora and then bang you know your coach gets fired what what what's that like for for a player
4: that's difficult i mean it's weird but uh i think me and my dad just handled it great uh it was it was, it was awkward for me just because uh i kind of had to break out of like my own shell just like speaking up as a person and like Letting everybody know like what what I want to do. I mean, even without my dad there, so uh, it it was weird just know just knowing that happened. I remember actually getting a call and my and my mom was like, "Did you see the email?" I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like what what happened?" And then I was like, as soon as I as soon as I heard that, I was like, "All right, let me check my email." And then I see see my email and it's just like, uh, "We have a meeting today. Coach McCord you got fired." I'm like, "Whoa!" So it was weird. it was weird.
2: You know, you never hear that, you know, we always hear from coaches' perspectives, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's crushing for any coach, you know, and all of us, you know, we see any of our brethren get fired, you know, we always feel bad because we know it could be us at any time, you know. But you never really hear from the players' perspective. What what went through your head at that time when you first heard that? Did you think transfer right away? Did you think, "Oh my god, you know, what am I going to do? What what, do you, what what does a
4: player think? Uh, probably thought me and my dad thought about it. we were probably thinking transfer like right away. As soon as you heard it, yeah, because it was just like I I didn't want to wait for the new coach to get hired because that that takes a lot of time. Like, coach get hired, and you have to get to know him, and that could mess everything up because you still have to take these visits that that you're allowed to have while you're while the coach is fired. So right. so that was just like a real difficult. Uh, Point, but I mean, I feel like I made the right decision by right away, just giving myself the chance to come back. If even if I didn't uh, want to transfer, but also being able to take visits.
2: How about what happened amongst your your teammates? Did you guys talk? Did everybody get together and talk about it, or what, how did how do you guys do uh, that?
4: Actually, we never really got a chance to talk about it. It was just strictly to the meeting, the, the really? meeting with the AD. yeah.
2: And do you guys all tell each other, like, hey, I'm leaving, I'm staying? I mean, dude, does anybody get together and say, hey, let's all stay? Or, hey, we're all going? How does that stuff work? Uh,
4: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, actually, we never really got a chance to talk about it. Mean, I I kind of, in the meeting, I kind of, like, let it be like, you know, like, I want to transfer. But right. besides that, uh, I don't, no one else really, like, pulled the trigger. Yeah, yeah. What
2: was the year like sitting out for you? Um, what goes through your mind, you know, at at that time as a player?
4: Uh, It was difficult, but at the same time, uh, it was for the best of me. I mean, I I definitely feel like it helped out a lot. And, uh, I mean, my parents every day just kept me, kept my head high and let let me know, text me every day. My mom still texts me every day. (laughs) (laughs) To this day, just text me something from the Bible or just just a passage just every day, just keep my head high and keep fighting. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: Your mom and dad became—I want to get the right term—deacons in Deacon their church. Deacon and deaconess. Deacon and deaconess. Yeah. I love that.
4: I, I have a few videos on my phone from uh, in church, but it's funny. Yeah, it's funny seeing them do it because, my, especially my dad. It's, it's not really my mom, but my dad is just—just seeing him do it is hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious for me. I, like, I have so many videos on my phone from my dad. And,
2: he they so, such yeah. good people, man. Uh, yeah. Such—you uh, have been a great addition to the program, but. Your mom and dad have too. You know, everybody, lo- everybody loves him, and uh, I love, I love seeing them before. Getting your mom's always dressed real nice. Oh, yeah. you, you, your mom's always dressed real nice, and your dad's like. Cool. He's got, yeah, like, cool jeans, cool sneaks, yeah. cool jacket yeah, I give, on. I
4: give him all my sneakers that I don't wear. Because <laughs> so, we wear the same size. Oh, is that him. where he gets yeah. them? Yeah. So, he, get, oh. he gets all my sneakers. Oh, like that's he, has, he probably has, like, 20, 30 pair of sneakers in his room. <laughs> like, just all lined up just because I gave it to him. He wears them all. He's the best, man. So, and, any sneakers I don't wear, I just give it to him. <laughs> I know he's going to wear them. He is the best.
2: What, what do you uh, think about this season? How – how was the challenge for you um, individually um, when, when we started the year? Um, we start off struggling, and then we we start to build. For you personally, you know, we never talk about this personally because I know you understand that, hey, it's not about you. It's about the team. But for this, I think people would like to know individually, for you,
4: how was it? Um, I felt like it was difficult for me. I mean, just learning to be in a new role. And, uh, I mean, I was – leading score at, at Fordham, but it was a lot different. So now just leading a team and trying mm-hmm. to make the win, leading by example, it, it's a lot different, it's hard. But uh, try to take on the challenge every day. I mean, it's nothing that I don't think I can't do. And uh, I try to pride myself in taking on new things. I mean, my dad's always taught me to like, make yourself like, always be uncomfortable. Like just always make sure like, there's something you can get better at. and. If you're comfortable, it's not a good thing. So just always be uncomfortable and challenge yourself.
2: Man, that's great. That's great advice. See, that's why I always tell you, I love your mom and dad. Um, What's the most difficult part of being
4: the leader of a team at Villanova? Um, You have to lead by example every day. Just every day you have to come ready to play. If not, you're going to get told about it, and you just have to respond the (laughs) right way.
2: (laughs) That said nicely. But (laughs) – but true, it's true, man. And it's hard, man. That is hard. Uh, you know, we, we str- stress that to to teach the younger guys, but th- until they see it from somebody, there's if think about it, if it's hard for you to do it, if you've been here four years, then it's impossible for a young guy to do it yeah. until he sees you do it every day, right? And then he's watching and saying, okay, that's what they're talking about. And that's what you're doing a, a great job of this year. And I know it's difficult, and, and um, but you also know it's best for you because at the next level, the guys that are professional and bring it every day, right, are, are going to be the guys that are going to be successful. Um, what of of our players here that you either played with or that you've met that are alums, it, it, any one or two that have had the greatest impact on you?
4: Uh. I'll probably say last year, Mikel and Jalen. I'll probably say Mikel and Jalen last year. It was just like because I was really close with them and, and seeing like we, I lived with Jalen and Mikel one of my best friends. So just seeing them every day and see how they handle it, I'll probably say it had the biggest effect on me.
2: Awesome. What did you learn from those two?
4: Uh, just keep your head in the right place. I mean, just, just let everything be. Play over basketball and see where that takes you.
2: That's That's... Those two did that, I think, better than than anybody, right? And I think you're doing a great job of that, too. And and that's hard, man. Again, it's easy to say, but when you have everything going on around you, you know, it's it's hard to say. Of all of our mottos and quotes that we use, which one do you really take to heart? Like, I understand every guy is not going to – like, you understand why you're here. You're going to do it, but – which one do you think you would carry with you after you leave Villanova the most because you really
4: uh, have internalized it? Um, probably attitude or humble hunger, either one of those. Because my dad is just actually, before I even knew that was like one of your quotes, my dad has said that to me. I told uh, you I love that guy. No, I, I, I love say, that guy. I'm so serious. My dad has told that to me. Like, I believe all through, all through high school. All through high school, he he's said that to me. like, if. I think there is an article where he says it. Like this is before I even got to college, and he's just like, "I just always tell Eric to like remain humble and hungry." So it's an awesome. attitude because it's just that's something like just my dad's just like you. That's one thing you can always control is your attitude. So, you know, I love it, man. Love so, yeah, it. My dad has so many philosophies.
2: So. <laughs> he does, but they're, and they're good ones. I mean, you think about—he's it. He's a deacon of a church. He's raised uh, a great family. Tell everybody. I, I remember one of our. <laughs> big recruiting issues um, with your family it had nothing to do with what position you're going to play, where you're going to play. <laughs> Is it could you get home for Sunday family dinner? Yeah. Tell everybody about Sunday family dinner.
4: Uh, it's just me, my sister, me, my sisters, and my little nephew all come together with my parents and just have dinner, watch a movie, talk, and just sit sit around the house and. Relax. On Sundays? Yeah, right at After church. That. The church
2: right? I love that, man. I I wanted you even more then, man. Your parents didn't ask me about, like, where are you going to play? How much playing time are you going to get? They said, look, you know, when he's at Fordham, you he can always come home for Sunday family dinner, and it's important to us as a family. And I know he's two hours away, but could he still come back? I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> I said, I love that. I love that he does it. All right. Last question. Um, What will be – when you look back, it's hard to, to say your favorite, but what, what, what's your favorite part of Villanova off the court, non-basketball?
4: Non-basketball, off the court. Does it include my teammates or no? Yeah. Uh, probably just hanging out with my teammates, honestly. I mean, we we always laugh, we always joke around, and we can tell we care for each other. I mean, that's one thing that uh, definitely sticks with me is just uh, having like – have a team it's like having a team like this to be able to go off the court and be the same way and actually hang out with each other
2: was it that way every year that you were here?
4: yeah, yeah,
2: how does that happen because i don't I don't even have the answer for this. We try we want that to happen yeah. all the time, and we understand how hard that is to happen all the time. <laughs> Why are we so fortunate that that happens? What do you – I I don't even have the answer for this. I'm trying. Really?
4: Yeah. I I have no idea. I I don't know how it happens, but it does.
2: Because we – in our coaching career, we have been a part of teams where you can tell certain guys get along better than other guys and certain guys don't get along. I've seen that on other teams. But it just seems for the last five, six years here, you guys are always – everybody gets along guys are different yeah. guys get along differently but yeah. everyone truly loves each other and cares for each other yeah. do you have any answer with, with that? help no
4: me idea. on that like we we all sit in a living room watch an nba game or a college basketball game or football even we, like super bowl we all watch the super bowl uh we spend two years together just playing video games i don't know like what it is but it just happens
2: it's it's that, I think, more than anything has made us successful. Obviously, you got talented players. That is something that I think is a tribute to your guys' character because you're accepting of one another. Because we got some, every, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. We got some crazy dudes. Not bad, crazy. I mean, just different. Yeah. I'm different. But you all accept each other and get along with each other. It's awesome. Yeah. You, you're the leader of that. Yeah. Thank you for that. You do a great job. Of course. Yeah. Eric Pasco, man. Great job,
1: buddy. You've been listening to the Talking Villanova Basketball Podcast presented by Hartford Funds. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. KeyBank makes it easy to manage your money anytime, anywhere. Download the KeyBank mobile app and then use your phone to deposit checks on the go, transfer money, even pay bills automatically. Learn how you can make even more financial progress when you use the Red Key. Only at KeyBank. Visit Key.com or your local branch, member FDIC. NovaCare, the exclusive provider of physical therapy to Villanova.
0: The Wildcats choose NovaCare. So can you. You've been listening to Talking Villanova Basketball, presented by Hartford Funds. Now coming to you throughout the season and beyond. Talking Villanova Basketball with Jay Wright is presented by Hartford Funds. Our benchmark is the investor. And by Granite Run Buick GMC. Visit us online at graniterun.com.